Part One of Astrophil and Stella. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Clett. Astrophil and Stella, by Sir Philip Sidney. Part One, Sonnets One to Thirty. Loving in truth. And fain in verse my love to show, That she, dear she, Might take some pleasure of my pain. Pleasure might cause her read, Reading might make her know, Knowledge might pity win, And pity grace obtain. I sought fit words to paint The blackest face of woe, Studying inventions fine Her wits to entertain, Oft turning others' leaves, to see if thence would flow some fresh and fruitful showers upon my sunburned brain. But words came halting forth, wanting invention's stay. Invention, nature's child, fled stepdame's studies blows, and others' feet still seemed but strangers in my way. Thus, great with child to speak, and helpless in my throes, biting my truant pen, beating myself for spite, Fool, said my muse to me, look in thy heart, and write. Not at first sight, nor with a dribbed shot love gave the wound, Which while I breathe will bleed, But known worth did in mine of time proceed, Till by degrees it had full conquest got. I saw and liked, I liked but loved not, I loved but straight did not what love decreed. At length to love's decrees I, forced, agreed, Yet with repining at so partial lot. Now even that footstep of lost liberty is gone, And now, like slave-born Muscovite, I call it praise to suffer tyranny. And now employ the remnant of my wit To make myself believe that all is well, While with a feeling skill I paint my hell. Let the dainty wits cry on the sisters nine, That bravely masked their fancies may be told. Or Pindar's apes flaunt they in phrases fine, Enamelling with pied flowers their thoughts of gold. Or else let them in statelier glory shine, Ennobling new-found tropes with problems old. Or, with strange similes enrich each line, Of herbs or beasts, with Ind or Afric hold. For me, in sooth, no muse but one I know, Phrases and problems from my reach do grow, And strange things cost too dear for my poor sprites. How, then? Even thus, in Stella's face I read what love and beauty be, then all my deed but copying is, What in her nature writes. Virtue, alas, now let me take some rest, Thou set'st a bait between my soul and wit. If vain love have my simple soul oppressed, Leave what thou likest not, deal not thou with it. The sceptre use in some old Cato's breast, Churches or schools are for thy seat more fit. I do confess, pardon a fault confessed, 
my mouth too tender is for thy hard bit. But if that needs thou wilt usurping be, the little reason that is left in me, and still the fact of thy persuasions prove, I swear, my heart such one shall show to thee, that shrines in flesh so true a deity, that virtue thou thyself shalt be in love. It is most true that eyes are formed to serve the inward light, and that the heavenly part ought to be king, from whose rules who do swerve rebels to nature strive for their own smart. It is most true. What we call Cupid's dart, an image is, which for ourselves we carve. And, fools, adore in temple of our heart, till that good God make church and churchmen starve. True, that true beauty virtue is indeed, whereof this beauty can be but a shade, which elements with mortal mixture breed. True, that on earth we are but pilgrims made, and should in soul up to our country move. True, and yet true, that I must Stella love. Some lovers speak, when they their muses entertain, Of hopes begot by fear, of what not what desires, Of force of heavenly beams, infusing hellish pain, Of living deaths, dear wounds, fair storms, and freezing fires. Some one his song in Jove, and Jove's strange tales attires, Broidered with bulls and swans, powdered with golden rain, Another humbler wit to shepherd's pipe retires, Yet hiding royal blood full oft in rural vein. To some a sweetest plaint a sweetest style affords, While tears pour out his ink, and sighs breathe out his words, His paper pale despair, and pain his pen doth move. I can speak what I feel, and feel as much as they, but think that all the map of my state I display, When trembling voice brings forth that I do Stella love. When nature made her chief work, Stella's eyes, In colour black, why wrapped she beams so bright? Would she in beamy black, like painter wise, Frame daintiest lustre, mixed of shades and light? Or did she else that sober hue devise, In object best to knit and strength our sight, Lest if no veil those brave gleams did disguise, They sun-like should more dazzle than delight? Or would she her miraculous power show, That whereas black seems beauty's contrary, She even if black doth make all beauties flow? Both so and thus, she, minding love, should be placed ever there, Gave him this morning weed, To honour all their deaths, who for her bleed. Love, born in Greece, of late fled from his native place, Forced by a tedious proof, that Turkish hardened heart Is no fit mark to pierce with his fine-pointed dart, And pleased with our soft peace, stayed here his flying race. But finding these north climes do coldly him embrace, Not used to frozen clips, He strave to find some part, Where with most ease and warmth he might employ his art. At length 
he perched himself in Stella's joyful face, whose fair skin, beamy eyes, like morning sun on snow, deceived the quaking boy, who thought from so pure light effects of lively heat must needs in nature grow. But she most fair, most cold, made him thence take his flight to my close heart, where while some firebrands he did lay, he burnt unwares his wings, and cannot fly away. Queen Virtue's Court, which some call Stella's face, prepared by nature's choicest furniture, hath his front built of alabaster pure, gold in the covering of that stately place. The door by which sometimes comes forth her grace, red porphyr is, which lock of pearl makes sure, whose porches rich, which name of cheeks endure, marble mixed red and white do interlace. The windows now, through which this heavenly guest looks o'er the world, and can find nothing such, which dare claim from those lights the name of best, of touch they are that without touch doth touch, which Cupid's self from beauty's mind did draw, of touch they are, and poor I am their straw. Reason, in faith thou art well served, that still wouldst brabbling be with sense and love in me. I rather wished thee climb the muse's hill, or reach the fruit of nature's choicest tree, or seek heaven's course, or heaven's inside to see. Why shouldst thou toil our thorny soil to till? Leave sense, and those which sense's objects be. Deal thou with powers of thought, leave love to will. But thou wouldst needs fight both with love and sense, with sword of wit giving wounds of dispraise, till downright blows did foil thy cunning fence. For soon as they strake thee with Stella's rays, reason thou kneeldst, and offered straight to prove by reason good, good reason her to love. In truth, O love, with what a boyish kind thou dost proceed in thy most serious ways, that when the heaven to thee his best displays, yet of that best thou leavest the best behind. For like a child that some fair book doth find, with gilded leaves or coloured vellum plays, or at the most on some fine picture stays, but never heeds the fruit of writer's mind. So when thou sawst in nature's cabinet, Stella, Thou straight look'st babies in her eyes, In her cheek's pit thou didst thy pitfall set, And in her breast bepeep or crouching lies, Playing and shining in each outward part. But, fool, seeks not to get into her heart. Cupid, because thou shin'st in Stella's eyes, That from her locks, thy day-nets, no escapes free, that those lips swell so full of thee they be, That her sweet breath makes oft thy flames to rise, That in her breast thy pap well sugared lies, That he grace gracious makes thy wrongs, That she what words soe'er she speak persuades for thee, That her clear voice lifts thy fame to the skies. Thou countest Stella thine, Like those whose powers having got up a breach by fighting well, Cry, Victory! This fair day all is ours. Oh, no! Her heart is such a citadel, 
so fortified with wit, stored with disdain, that to win it is all the skill and pain. Phoebus was judge between Jove, Mars, and Love, of those three gods whose arms the fairest were. Jove's golden shield did eagle's sables bear, whose talons held young Ganymede above. But in vert field Mars bare a golden spear, which through a bleeding heart his point did shove. Each had his crest, Mars carried Venus's glove, Jove in his helm the thunderbolt did rear. Cupid them smiles, for on his crest there lies Stella's fair hair. Her face he makes his shield, where roses' gules are born in silver field. Phoebus drew wide the curtains of the skies to blaze these last, and swear devoutly then, the first, thus matched, were scantly gentlemen. Alas! have I not pain enough, my friend, upon whose breast a fiercer gripe doth tire, than did on him who first stole down the fire, while love on me doth all his quiver spend. But with your rhubarb words you must contend, to grieve me worse, in saying that desire doth plunge my well-formed soul even in the mire of sinful thoughts, which do in ruin end. If that be sin which doth the manners frame, well stayed with truth in word and faith of deed, ready of wit and fearing naught but shame, if that be sin which in fixed hearts doth breed a loathing of all loose unchastity, then love is sin, and let me sinful be. You that do search for every purling spring, which from the ribs of old Parnassus flows, and every flower, not sweet perhaps, which grows near thereabouts into your poesy ring, you that do dictionary's method bring into your rhymes, running in rattling rows, you that poor Petrarch's long-deceased woes with new-born sighs and denizen wit do sing, you take wrong ways. Those far-fet helps be such as do beray a want of inward touch, and sure at length stolen goods do come to light. But if, both for your love and skill, your name you seek to nurse at fullest breasts of fame, Stella, behold, and then begin to indict. In nature apt to like when I did see beauties, which were of many carrots fine, my boiling sprites did thither soon incline, and love, I thought that I was full of thee. But finding not those restless flames in me, which others said did make their souls to pine, I thought those babes of some pin's hurt did whine, by my love judging what love's pain might be. But while I thus with this young lion played, mine eyes, shall I say cursed or blessed, beheld Stella. Now is she named, need more be said. In her sight I a lesson new have spelled. I now have learned love right, and learned even so, as who by being poisoned doth poison know. His mother, dear Cupid, offended late, because that Mars grown slacker in her love, with pricking shot he did not throughly move to keep the pace of their first loving state. The boy refused for fear of Mars's hate, who threatened stripes if he his wrath did prove. But she in chafe him from her lap did shove, 
break bow, break shafts, while Cupid weeping sat. Till that his grandam nature pitying it, of Stella's brows make him two better bows, and in her eyes of arrows infinite. Oh, how for joy he leaps, oh, how he crows, and straight therewith like wags new got to play, falls to shrewd turns, and I was in his way. With what sharp checks I in myself am shent, when into reasons ought it I do go, and by just counts myself a bankrupt know of all the goods which heaven to me hath lent, unable quite to pay even nature's rent, which unto it by birthright I do owe, and, which is worse, no good excuse can show but that my wealth I have most idly spent. My youth doth waste, my knowledge brings forth toys, my wit doth strive those passions to defend, which for reward spoil it with vain annoys. I see my course to lose myself doth bend, I see, and yet no greater sorrow take, than that I lose no more for Stella's sake. On Cupid's bow how are my heart-strings bent, that see my rack, and yet embrace the same. When most I glory, then I feel most shame. I willing run, yet while I run, repent. My best wits still their own disgrace invent. My very ink turns straight to Stella's name, and yet my words, as them my pen doth frame, avise themselves that they are vainly spent. For though she pass all things, yet what is all that unto me, who fare like him that both looks to the skies, and doth in a ditch fall? O oh, let me prop my mind, yet in his growth, and not in nature, for best fruits unfit. Scholar, saith love, bend hitherward your wit. Fly, fly, my friends, I have my death-wound, fly. See there that boy, that murdering boy, I say, Who like a thief, hid in dark bush, doth lie, Till bloody bullet get him wrongful prey. So tyrant he no fitter place could spy, Nor so fair level in so secret stay, As that sweet black which veils the heavenly eye, There himself with his shot he close doth lay. Poor passenger, pass now thereby I did, And stayed pleased with the prospect of the place, While that black hue from me the bad guest hid. But straight I saw motions of lightning grace, And then descried the glistering of his dart, But ere I could fly hence, it pierced my heart. Your words, my friend, write healthful caustics, Blame my young mind marred, whom love doth windless so, That mine own writings like bad servants show my wits, Quick in vain thoughts, in virtue lame. That Plato I read for naught, but if he tame such doltish gyres, That to my birth I owe nobler desires, Lest else that friendly foe, great expectation, were a train of shame. For since mad march great promise made of me, if now the May of my years much decline, What can be hoped my harvest-time will be? Sure you say well, your wisdom's golden mine, Dig deep with learning's spade. Now tell me this, hath this world aught so fair as Stella is?
In highest way of heaven the sun did ride, Progressing then from fair twins' golden place, Having no scarf of clouds before his face, But shining forth of heat in his chief pride. When some fair ladies by hard promise tied, On horseback met him in his furious race, Yet each prepared with fans well-shading grace From that foe's wounds their tender skins to hide. Stella alone with face unarmed marched, Either to do like him which open shone, Or careless of the wealth because her own. Yet were the hid and meaner beauties parched, Her daintiest bear went free. The cause was this, the sun, which others burned, Did her but kiss. The curious wits seeing dull pensiveness, Beray itself in my long-settled eyes, Whence those same fumes of melancholy rise, With idle pains, and missing aim, do guess. Some that know how my spring I did address, Deem that my muse some fruit of knowledge plies. Others, because the prince my service tries, Think that I think state errors to redress. But harder judges judge ambition's rage, Scourge of itself, still climbing slippery place, Holds my young brain captive in golden cage. O fools, or over-wise, alas, the race Of all my thoughts hath neither stop nor start, But only Stella's eyes and Stella's heart. Rich fools there be, whose base and filthy heart Lies hatching still the goods wherein they flow, and damning their own selves to tantal's smart, Wealth breeding want, more blissed, more wretched grow. Yet to those fools heaven such wit doth impart, As what their hands do hold, their heads do know. And knowing love, and loving, lay apart, As sacred things far from all dangers show. But that rich fool who by blind fortune's lot, The richest gem of love and life enjoys, and can with foul abuse such beauties blot. Let him, deprived of sweet but unfelt joys, Exiled for aye from those high treasures which he knows not, Grow in only folly rich. The wisest scholar of the white most wise by Phoebus' doom, With sugared sentence says, That virtue, if it once met with our eyes, Strange flames of love it in our souls would raise. But for that man with pain his truth descries, Whilst he each thing in sense's balance weighs, And so nor will, nor can behold those skies Which inward sun to heroic mind displays. Virtue of late with virtuous care to stir love of herself, Took Stella's shape, that she to mortal eyes Might sweetly shine in her. It is most true. For since I heard it see, Virtue's great beauty in that face I prove, And find the fact, for I do burn in love. Though dusty wits dare scorn astrology, And fools can think those lamps of purest light Whose numbers, ways, greatness, eternity, Promising wonders, wonder do invite, To have for no cause birthright in the sky, but for to spangle the black weeds of night, Or for some brawl which in that chamber high They should still dance to please a gazer's sight. For me, I do nature unidle know, And know great causes, 
great effects procure, and know those bodies high reign on the low. And if these rules did fail, proof makes me sure, who oft forjudge my after-following race, by only those two stars in Stella's face. Because I oft in dark abstracted guise seem most alone in greatest company, with dearth of words, or answers quite awry, to them that would make speech of speech arise, they deem, and of their doom the rumour flies, that poison foul of bubbling pride doth lie so in my swelling breast, that only I fall on myself, and others do despise. Yet pride, I think, doth not my soul possess, which looks too oft in his unflattering glass. But one worse fault, ambition, I confess, that makes me oft my best friends overpass, unseen, unheard, while though to highest place bends all his powers, even unto Stella's grace. You that with allegories curious frame, Of others' children changelings used to make, With me those pains for God's sake do not take, I list not dig so deep for brazen fame. When I say Stella, I do mean the same princess of beauty, For whose only sake the reins of love I love, Though never slake, and joy therein though nations count it shame. I beg no subject to use eloquence, nor in hid ways do guide philosophy. Look at my hands for no such quintessence, but know that I, in pure simplicity, breathe out the flames which burn within my heart, love only reading unto me this art. Like some weak lords, neighboured by mighty kings, to keep themselves and their chief cities free, do easily yield that all their coasts may be ready to store their camps of needful things. So Stella's heart, finding what power love brings, to keep itself in life and liberty, doth willing grant that in the frontiers he use all to help his other conquerings. And thus her heart escapes, but thus her eyes serve him with shot, her lips his heralds are, her breasts his tents, legs his triumphal car. Her flesh his food, her skin his armour brave. And I, but for because my prospect lies upon that coast, am given up for a slave. Whether the Turkish new moon minded be to fill his horns this year on Christian coast, how Pole's right king means with leave of host to warm with ill-made fire cold Muscovy, if French can yet three parts in one agree, what now the Dutch in their full diets boast? How Holland hearts, now so good towns be lost, trust in the shade of pleasing orange-tree? How Ulster likes of that same golden bit wherewith my father once made it half-tame, if in the Scotch court be no weltering yet? These questions busy wits to me do frame. I, cumbered with good manners, answer do, but know not how. For still I think of you. End of part one.